Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey, guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. It's been a while. We're back with the boys here. Along with James and Chris, my name is Ryan. Go and check out DraftKings Sportsbook, our official sponsor for this podcast and all of THPN. Use that promo code THPN next time you are there. Gentlemen, uh, it's been a little bit of a nice little break to kind of just chill out for a little bit on the podcast side and on the hockey side, and uh, we're kind of ready to get into it. Uh, We know what the all-star rosters look like. We got a lot of questions to talk about with the stars, and we got lots more other things going on as well. How are y'all doing today? It's hockey time already. I'm already tired of it. We've been on break for a whole, what, what, four days? That's too long. too long. That's really long for us. We don't normally go that long. <laughs> we need more hockey games. So we're back on the pod today. Uh, Friday, I'm watching the Texas Stars. Going to go see me some some Stanky and some Borky. That'll be a good grand old time. And it's time to bring the hockey back. Enough of this break stuff. They've been on break long enough. The crazy <laughs> thing. Schedule. Hockey games tomorrow. 
crazy thing is we're not even halfway through the break yet. So Man, I don't want to hear your negativity <laughs> brought into this room. Okay? We still Thank don't you. play until the sixth. Uh, five days left, Chris. I don't care. Okay, well, two of those days are tomorrow and Saturday. Tomorrow is the Super right. Skill. Thir Saturday is the All-Star Game. I might actually watch it, actually, for for once. Because, I don't know, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the, the draft today. But from what I heard, it was okay. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. And they've done worse is what I've... Basically what I was getting from X. That was just the, well, the general idea of it. Michael Buble was there, so there was surely at least some smooth and succulent tones. Well, they they thought he was on uh, on some mushrooms, apparently, or something. So, <laughs> well, I sure hope so. If you're Michael Buble, yeah, right, going somehow. Oh man, it, oh, it was really that. That was probably like the highlight of the of the night, I guess, from 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 the whole draft. But, anyways, uh, James, how are you doing? Uh, I am alive, still looking for a job. Uh, that's been going. Probably going to be looking for that for a while. But you know, yeah. if anyone wants to hire a cybersecurity specialist, uh, check out James right here. Starcashmarks.com. Never hacked. Unhackable. Try it. That. <laughs> try it, hackers. It's all Don't James' try it. fault. That it is, is why it's unhackable. secure. <laughs> James, tell us what, what kind of. Uh, what kind of things are in place to make sure that that doesn't happen? I have no clue because we do not own the site. <laughs> we do own the site. We, we pay we to own, own the site. site. We own it's the different than owning. It's different than owning the server. So, <laughs> shut up with your technical knowledge, James. It's ours. Oh man. Oh man. That's All right. Hockey. Anyway. Yes. Conjure uh, got drafted. No longer a Dallas Star. He's now a Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> He got drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs All-Star team, a.k.a. The, the Bieber. Yeah, the Bieber squad. So uh, I think he's uh, – who is the other goalie on that team? I already forgot. Is, is it Hellebuck? Who cares? I don't, know, I don't remember. I don't. But, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah, all I know is that he's he's with all the Toronto Maple Leafs, with uh, Morgan Riley, Matthews, and, and Marner, and Nylander, actually, I think, as well. But anyways uh, – you know, let, let's just jump into that for a second because it seems like this year he doesn't exactly deserve the accolades of being named an all-star, right? And there were a lot of people that were kind of complaining about that. But this at the same time, you could probably look at the Stars roster and be like, you know, it, it, it's kind of like how the Seattle Kraken were last year. Like the Seattle Kraken were just a really good team and they were deep with their, especially their top three lines with their scoring, it was very divided. And they didn't have, like, a true, like, superstar that stuck out from the crowd, right? So, like, last year for us, it was obviously Jason Robertson. He had over 100 points, and the next closest person had 78 or whatever it was. So maybe that's why Jake Ottinger got chosen this year because of the accolades from last year, and he should have been chosen last year. But... I mean, at the in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter all that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I disagree that it's like Seattle. I mean, Rope Hints could have easily been the all-star. It's probably one that everyone says is underrated and deserving of it. Um, I think you could almost always do Miro Haskin then, although this might not be his best year either. 
Matt Duchesne just purely for the comeback nature of his season so far. So I think there's a lot of options you could have gone with, but that, that's probably there's only one of them is going to get in ever. So they just kind of pick one. And yeah, he totally deserved it last year. Didn't get it. So they're like, yeah, he was good last year. We'll put him in. Well, and the goaltending across the the Western Conference is a little a little iffy compared to uh, yeah. the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference and, is much better. And this selection just kind of further proves why no one really cares about the All Star Game anymore because it's like we're not even voting for the players who are going in. We, we get random players from the bad teams that don't even deserve an All Star, but there's someone there anyway. I mean, Jason Dickinson was almost an NHL All Star this year. <laughs> I mean, it's dumb. But, you know, at the same time, they've been arguing about this whole just just bring the biggest names and don't even worry about what teams they're from. Or don't Shouldn't... or don't even do a game. Just do the super skills competition or like next year. Hopefully they do away with all of it and they just do that for countries thing. And that'll be a lot of fun. I'm for sure going to watch some of that if that goes on. But no, they, it's all start it, game. Were... Not going on. Not going to watch. I think we're getting into that in, into that sphere of where the game is kind of pointless, but the super skills competition would be cool. I mean, if they it, actually and, did the best players, right? Exactly. And, like Connor McDavid like, not doing the fastest skater is stupid. Well, that's like you. you that's the same with like Rope Hints. Rope Hints should be in that competition, right? Yep. And and even like uh oh, what's his name? Um, I think his name was Michael Grabner, but like one of the fastest skaters I've ever seen, but yeah. he's, you know, you know they, should do? they have those edge stats. Now the advanced stats. That's program. what I've take been that, saying. Take the top four, stick them in the skills in the fastest skater. That's all you do. That's exciting. Take the four hardest shots of the year, stick them in the slap shot contest. That's way more fun. Instead they, Oh, everybody's got to be in a little competition thingy. So we're going to put uh, this goalie in the fastest skater. Shut up. Who cares? You know who would be in the hardest shot competition? Uh, Nils Lundqvist. It would, it would uh, for the stars. <laughs> uh, Colin Miller. Colin Miller. Colin Miller got a faster one. Yeah, I thought I thought he, got a one hundred and two point six. I think. <laughs> yeah, it was. He yes. has. He did that against us in the first game we played against him on his first shot. It was like five minutes in. Guy's got a cannon. All right, moving well, on from the All Star I mean, How game. often did we say that? Last? Well, how how often did we say that last year? That like every time he took a shot, it it never hit the net, but it was scary, <laughs> right? It it was almost always a scary thing <laughs> to behold. But okay, anyways, I'm gonna watch the the super skills in the game, <laughs> but <laughs> missing the net. <laughs> yeah, R- report back, Ryan. Let us know if you were yes entertained at all. Yes, I will. Well, well, we will see. All right. Uh, I did want to throw this in here and and get y'all's thoughts on it. Throw it in. Uh, Did y'all see the Elias Lindholm trade? Yeah, that's some insanity right there. Yeah. So for one guy who is on an expiring deal and does not have an extension in place with the Vancouver Canucks right now, they gave up. What was it, James? Five or six assets. It was Andre Kuzmenko. Five, okay. Andre Kuzmenko, 
It was also basically the Adam Fox of the OHL right now. The I think it's his name is Hunter or something. Starts with a B. Really long, weird-looking name. Uh, they also got a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and then there's one one little uh, asset that I'm forgetting about right now. But, I, I mean, you know, good on the, the Flames for getting that haul because I definitely did not expect for them to, to get that much out of uh, Elias Lindholm. Yeah, that's an insane haul for Calgary. I mean, that's you basically got three prospects three great a prospects and then another fourth round pick and then a, a D guy that could be some depth for you. But I mean, that's a crazy, I, there's no way Elias Lindholm is worth that much. And they better pray that he resigns because my goodness, I mean, he's the second he's, he's going to to Vancouver. He's going to be the second line center. Yes. He's worth that much. That's crazy. And I think they got a first round pick for him as well. Granted, it'll be like, low first round because it's the it's Vancouver's yeah. but it was, still that's a first a, round pick and those tend to work out pretty well it's a first and a conditional fourth and like to me this is like three first rounders I mean Kuzmenko apparently this this defenseman that you were saying Hunter it's a B and an R Burgess, yeah, I, I don't, Gow, even try. don't even try everyone's saying that he's really good and he is lining up his junior league so it, it feels like it's three first round picks for Elias Lindholm on an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that is the way that the trade market is going to be this season, no trades from the stars. No trades are going to happen. Yeah, right. It's yeah, not like- going to be any for big guys again this year. I mean, that we, we got Max Domi for like a second round pick, I think last year, yeah. which was like a crazy steal. That Cause was steal. that was, that was a sought after player. I mean, anyone would want a dude like that going into the playoffs. And we gave, a second round pick and that was it. And Max Domi's better than Elias Lindholm. I mean, I know Elias Lindholm was on that line that did amazing two years ago, but that was two years ago and he didn't really do much. <laughs> well, and, and this year he's really had a rough season. He really has. But you know, honestly, the one of the reasons why Calgary got back so much was because Andre Kuzmenko, yes, he's He's not a young person anymore. He's in he's 28, I think, 27. But he still had, I think it was 39 goals last year. Yeah. It's just is. this this year it has just not worked out. He he worked way better under Bruce Broudreau's system and under uh, the new head coach's system. It just doesn't work for him. He's been in and out of the lineup, been healthy scratched. And the the big thing why it's such a big deal is because he's got a $5.5 million cap hit. And he was being healthy scratched. So that was something that Vancouver was trying to get rid of. So with with Calgary, this could be a win-win situation where you take a bad contract from a team and he maybe works out for you in your top six. So, I mean, Lindholm wasn't doing much better for them. So, I mean, why not? You're probably not going to be able to resign him. Why not take a chance on this guy who's a little bit younger and may be able to to do as much or better yeah. than than Elias Lindholm, plus all these other assets that are coming along with it. So and, and Kuzmenko maybe having a bad year this year. Tanev has had a bad last two years. So <laughs> I mean, uh, that could have been a one for one as far as I'm concerned. Not really, but y- you know, it it doesn't seem like Lindholm is anywhere near that much. 
Now, here's the thing that's really interesting. And basically what I took from this trade for Vancouver's side is that they're all in. Like, like they're Obviously. at the poker table. <laughs> they're, they put all their chips in right now. And giving up some some draft picks, which, you know, they said they weren't going to do. But they also didn't know this team was going to be this good. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Nobody saw that. And now they're saying, okay, we're we're trying to fix our situation there at, at the second line center role. And they're kind of giving some signals to the rest of the team that this is it. I mean, we went out and got you a lot of help. Here he is. Go get it. Go get the cup. And Vancouver's are the Vancouver's the king at making these type of moves. I mean, <laughs> there there you go, all <laughs> in every single chance they get, and they finally got a kind of decent team, and they're like, all right, cup or bust this year. That's they're crazy. Well, I mean, not really, but I mean, I mean, considering how up and down they've been, why not go all in for it right now? I mean, I, mean, I just feel like what was it like two years ago when they got uh. Who was it? Oliver Ekman Larson? I think it was it was, uh, it was several more than that, I think. But, but he, that year that was thought of was like, oh, that's the home run swing right there. The, that big trade. They're, they're not going to rebuild. They're going to get back in. And then it didn't work. And that's they- what they <laughs> thought. Everyone else didn't see that. But that's what Vancouver thought. They thought that yeah. OEL but was. That's what I'm saying. Guy. They're always making these massive trades, it feels like. And it seems like they don't normally work out. So we'll I, I really feel like th- this trade is much, much a bigger deal for the Flames than anyone else. I mean, they have obviously been struggling, and it's it's obvious that they were leaning heavily on that first line, who is now just completely gone two year from two years ago, and mm-hmm. they've just never have been able to get back to the same form. And they've changed the coach, still pretty much same story. Uh, goaltending's at least come back a little bit for them, but they gotta find new talent because two of their three best players went somewhere else. So it's kind of early to declare a winner, but Calgary. Really? Calgary. Calgary. I think, I think even, even if like the Canucks go off and they win a cup, this is still a better deal for Calgary than it would be for Vancouver. Especially considering where they are, because Calgary, like, there's nothing to save anymore. I mean, they did. I thought they did a great job considering that they were going to lose Kachuk and they were going to lose Goudreau. They did a good job of trying to gather everything that they could, and it failed. And, okay, it failed. Pack it up. Let's get as much as we can. And you got that deal for Elias Lindholm, who hasn't played good for you for two years. Great. Take it. That's true. That's a good point. Nexus Hubie. Yeah, uh, he's not getting traded. Not at 10.5 for seven more years, and he's doing worse than Lindholm is. There's they're not a chance now. That's true. When I mean, he's doing this bad, that's true. <laughs> I, I, feel like out, maybe. I feel like some of, like, maybe Kuzminko comes in and helps Huberto, though. I mean, right, exactly. Is, like, it, it is a like, different, they've it? gotten rid of everyone in their old system, essentially, who is playing the Calgary has. Sorry. They got rid of everyone who is playing that defensive style and then rush and go score a goal. They're all gone now. You don't have any of them left. You have the 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 lower lines still there. They still have that thought in them, but that's not what you need from your first line in the NHL anymore. You need them to score goals, and maybe getting someone else other than Lindholm on your first line will help that out. Well, and what's also really interesting for the Calgary Flames is like they they sold 
without fully selling, if that makes any sense. They're still sort of kind of in the playoff race, so they could they could maybe slide into the playoffs somehow. And they got that that Hall, who's Manko, who could maybe score a whole bunch of goals for them. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes from there. But anyways, I just thought it was a really interesting trade because I think this is the first domino that falls. I remember last year, the Horvat deal happened literally at this exact same time and it was just choo, 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 choo. everything kind of fell into place <laughs> it was a lot of fun it was there was a whole bunch of trades now we haven't seen that yet I like, but i feel like it might be a little different this year though because last year there was a lot of oh these teams are in the playoff and yeah. that is not what That's we see true. this year there there's is a probably lot, a lot of our teams that are going to stay and see if they can push up a, lot, a little there's bit higher be a lot standing. less sellers agreed Okay, all right. Uh, moving on from that, uh, I, I want to discuss uh, one more one more thing. Uh, it's we're getting into our Dallas Star stuff before we really dig down into this team. Uh, for those of you that that did not see uh, the Spits and Suds podcast, they just did an interview with a uh, former Dallas Stars player, but now the director of amateurs. Uh, no, player me. development. Player development. Sorry, thank you, director of player development, Rich Peverly. Uh, for those of you who do not remember the situation, I believe it was back in 2007 or 2008. Uh, he had a very unfortunate incident, which ended his career. Cardiac event. Uh, that's a very nice way of putting it, Chris. <laughs> and uh, he literally had to be revived in, like, underneath the bleachers at the American Airlines Center. And uh, he kind of took a role with the Dallas Stars organization after that. And he started making his way up the ranks, and now he's the director of player development. And uh, Gavin Spittle did an excellent interview with it. And uh, I just wanted to kind of discuss a couple of things about that because th there was one thing in particular that was really in interesting to me. But what what did y'all get out of that interview? Because it, it was like a 50-minute interview and there's so many little snippets that you could take out of that. Uh, what did y'all see out of that? Yeah, for me, it's that the organization really is, it, it does believe in like the process of like letting players go to the minors, letting them develop a, a different skill kind of each year, getting their face-offs down, getting their defensive game in as if you're Harley and really letting them season. They trust their development process and they think that it serves them best. It serves them best. And they have examples to prove it. I mean, they've got Rope Hints, they've got Jake Ottinger, They've got Jason Robertson. They've got lots of examples of how their process has worked very well. And the other thing I, I kind of want to mention, though, is that they're not stuck to it either. I mean, the past uh, couple of years, we've seen Miro Haskinen. He's put right up in there. I mean, he's a different kind of player. You put him right in. Same thing with uh, Wyatt Johnston. I mean, they, they saw it was something like he's ready now. There was nothing we could teach him in the minors. Put him in now. And they did. So I, I think it's shown that it, it's put more. Uh, more I'm able to put more of my faith in them because of their success. And even just hearing Peverly talk about it, it, they are very confident in their process of developing players. James, what did you think of uh, anything from that interview? The, the really the only other thing that I thought of is that like how nice the stars organization seems to be. I mean, we talk about the players love to play here, but Hearing it from Everly, I mean, he's a, he's part of the system as a whole, and he he enjoys it there too. So, just everyone, it's it's a good place to be. Good place to work. Good place to play. Good place to hockey. <laughs> uh, 
the most interesting thing to me was how he talked about the NCAA. It, because, you know, it, it used to be that, like, only the only way you could get into the NHL was either you were in juniors over in Europe or you were in the junior leagues in Canada. And that was, like, the only way and the best way to get into the NHL. And the way that he talked about the NCAA was actually very interesting because he said that, it, and maybe I'm taking this the wrong way, but this is just how I felt about it, that he thought that the NCAA is actually a better way to get yourself ready to be a pro compared to the Canadian juniors now because you're it's it's just a different game in the Canadian juniors compared to the NCAA. You're playing against... Uh, bigger players. They're more, more rugged, more physical. The the hockey is very different. It's extremely high energy, and I just was very, very, very surprised to hear him say that. Uh, I think so, though the way he mentioned it was the speed of the NCAA is just faster than the juniors is. I mean, the he seems to it. it he points out that like the game is just faster that way. And you see the juniors, and then he talked about going from the college level to the AHL level. That was part of his career talk that he did. And he said that was a faster level. And then he said even AHL playoffs is a faster level. He talks about just every time moving up, it's just a it, it is quicker. The game is quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah. And, and the NCAA has gotten really exciting. I mean, at the end of uh the end of college season. There's a, uh, it's after the trade deadline. Everyone's like, oh, who's, who's, where's this college kid going to go? Who wasn't drafted? Who's able to be signed? And that's always exciting. So I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think the NCAA has a lot. It's definitely quicker, like James said, and it's rougher. I feel like so there's less ice to play with. So I feel like juniors is still the way to go to, if you want to like develop just crazy skill, kind of like why Johnson, Connor McDavid stuff. Like if you have that kind of stuff, you want, some more ice to be able to showcase that off, but you're kind of, you're kind of grinders. You're more rough and tumble guys. I think they can learn that better in the NCAA and they can show it off more in that league as well. But I think it's a ton of fun at the end of the season, just seeing there's four new hockey players in the league after the trade deadline and adding them to playoff teams is always just really exciting. It's a lot of fun. Well, like Adam Fantilli was, was there playing in the NCAA just this past year, like yep. before the, and so, I mean, he was lighting it up like crazy. Uh, so seriously, it, I just thought that was the most interesting thing just from a hockey standpoint, but seriously, go uh, for all the, those of you that are listening, go and check out that interview. It was really, 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 really cool. It was very neat. And I remember doing the episode uh, with Gavin on uh, for his podcast, and he mentioned that he was going to be doing that interview, and I kind of gasped a little bit. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I love Rich Beverly. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, anyways, let's move on, and let's talk about uh, the state of the union of the Dallas Stars yeah. and kind of look into just some big storylines Uh and we'll pull the gym now and we'll sit, we'll see if we like where the team is at. So Chris, you want to go ahead and ask your first question? You had a lot of questions you wanted to ask. Well, first state of the union, let's, let's, let's get, let's get some facts straight first. Uh, numbers wise, your Dallas stars are second place in the central division. They have 66 points. 
they are second behind Colorado, who has 67, and are above Winnipeg, who has 65. Neck, neck, and neck. I mean, those, that's as close as it gets in any division in the NHL right now. And we are far above number four, who is Seattle at 54. So it's a three-headed horse race right there. Uh, that's a very vague reference. Uh, moving on, <laughs> the Stars also sit fifth in the league. Um which is kind of crazy being second in your division, you're fifth in the league. That's pretty dang good division right there. They have how many points are they behind Vancouver? They are five points behind Vancouver right now for the president's trophy race. That's pretty dang good. I'd say, um, what else stats? That's what I wanted to look at. So I'm going to get some stats here real quick. I wanted to see the goals for stat and it's not coming up. So someone else needs to say something. I think, I think we're like 20th in the league in goals against and goals for, I think we're third, which is crazy. Do y'all remember which like four crazy. years ago? That's weird, but yeah, that's absolutely our weird. offense has been fantastic. Our defense has not been fantastic. It's actually been subpar. And, and James has some reasons why that might not be true. Go yeah, ahead, James. That, that's, that's what is kind of a problem so far this year. I mean, you look at our, our goals against, Expect it. Okay, I'm gonna go advanced stats because it's whatever. I compared them to last year too, and they kind of made sense. So last year, expected goals against, we were second overall in the league. And in actual goals against, we finished fifth. This year, in goals against, we are fifth right now for expected goals against. For expected goals against, and in actual goals against, we are twentieth. So there's like. There, there's one or two things that you can say this is because of. You can say this is because the goaltending has been worse, and, or you could say the chances they are getting have been better. So we're giving up worse chances against, or the goaltending has been worse. And I think you're going to have to give it a little bit of both. It's kind of what I think I'm going to land on there. I I feel like I feel like a lot more of it is we haven't seen the best goaltending and we have had rough defense. I mean, we have Harley and we have Mills on the team, which they're both doing. Harley's doing great way beyond what we expected him to do. And Mills has struggled as, as we kind of expected a little. And you have some problems there and some problems with slot shots, but overall the amount of chances we're giving up should not take us all the way down to 20th against. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the goalie stats, they would point you straight to the goal attending being the, being the issue. Obviously you can just go save percentage and goals against average, which is much worse than it has been for any season. Jake Ottinger has been here. You can also look at other advanced analytics, expected goals or expected saves. Uh, he's way below what his expected saves number is. Uh, quality starts, which is a start above 900 save percentage, way below. We're probably like dang near dead last on, on that one because we do not get very many games with above 900 save percentage because we're not giving up very many shots recently either. Um, and the save percentage for both Otter and Wedgwood are sitting at 900 right now, so it's like okay, they're saving some, and the stars are just scoring like crazy amounts, which is really what's been covering up a lot of the stuff this year. But I, the goaltending needs to catch up a little bit. It, it 
it is tougher because the chances are better. We are giving up more slot shots than we did last year. And we've shut that down in some games, but that doesn't seem to solve the problem in those games. We still end up with four goals against. And for me, I kind of want to talk more about the slot shots because goaltending, we know that's an issue. He's not been as good, but there's no real solution to that other than Otter plays better because Mm -hmm. we're not giving up on Auditor because he's having a slightly rough season. He's still our all-star. I mean, he's been very good. He's been injured this year. We're not going to give up on Otter. Otter's the guy. That's it. He has to play better. That's the talking point. The slot shots is definitely something you could talk about a little bit more because it seems like even when the stars are playing good defense, there's one terrible play that turns into a great a scoring chance. And it, it can even come completely out of the blue. And, and that's, what's been really frustrating because we can be playing great defense and still give up a wonderful chance. It's not consistent. Is it just like just individual mistakes that you're seeing from defensemen in particular? And that's, that's, what I'm that's it really is. the biggest thing. I, I, that's what it is for me. I mean, turnovers by Suter, Hockenpah, Lindell, even Lundqvist when he's playing bad. I mean, they happen at horrible times. Like it, it's not very often that we get just a, a casual turnover. That's nothing dangerous. Just in the neutral zone. When we turn over the puck, we turn over the puck. And it's flying back the other direction, or it's one pass and it's right in front of our net and it's a shot. So, yeah, and I feel like a lot of that is just part of the system that we're still learning. I mean, if you get caught at a bad time when the offensive, when, when your forwards are cycling down deep, you get caught up top, they're getting an on man chance the other way. Like every single time, you have to have heightened awareness in that time to know that you cannot turn over the puck right now. And I think you put our defensemen with their exceptional puck handling skills under that kind of pressure and they break. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Just to give you some odds for the game for your Super Bowl MVP, you can bet for Mahomes to get it at a plus 125, Brock Purdy at a plus 225, or if you want to go even further, maybe you go for Brandon Ayuk at plus 6,000 or even George Kittle at plus 6,000. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So the the thing that I'm still frustrated about and, you know, 
I know we give so much crap to the defense and everything like that for the turnovers, and and rightly we should. We absolutely should. But I really don't think they have been playing as bad as we think they have. I I went back and I looked at some of the some of the metrics and some of the way that other teams felt, and I talked to some of these some of these other top teams and the the little podcasts that kind of cover them. And it's kind of the same feeling that we have, like like they have their own suitor who who they the fan base just for some reason does not like and just constantly turns the puck over and it's just slow. They have somebody also like Hawkenball who takes really dumb penalties sometimes and doesn't bother to to skate hard to to get where he needs to be. So I'm wondering if this is just a feeling across the league and that's just the way the NHL is now is just you capitalize on your scoring chances. So the, the thing that is on my mind, the biggest right now is Jay Gottinger. I think that is the thing that needs to be fixed more than anything, because it is a lot easier to be able to fix one person in net than it is an entire decor right now. And even like, even if we go out and we get a top you know, a second pairing guy like a Chris Tanev or like a Sean Walker, like uh, someone was mentioning, is it really going to fix the, is it really going to fix the defense? I think that would do a lot to help the defense. The reason I talk more about the defense is because there's actually something that can be done there. I mean, Jake Andrews is going to get the same amount of starts now that he was going to get before. He's not going to play anymore. He's not going to play any less. I mean, he's our guy and he's going to be the guy pretty much no matter what happens. So the, the area where you can help out, I think, is the defense. You can play a little bit differently, make just better passes. I mean, it, it feels sometimes it's more like laziness and thoughtlessness than it is even inability. And, and sometimes it's also trying to rush up the ice before you handle it in your own zone. I mean, we've seen multiple times – it's especially was this was the case in the Flyers game that we looked so bad in. We we were trying to break up the ice before getting it out of our zone. And in times where there's three four checkers on your defenseman, you gotta come back and handle it in your own zone and get it out first. And so, sometimes that needs to be the priority. And this year it hasn't been. And I understand it's a different system. It's still getting the puck out of your own zone has to be the top priority. And here's kind of what what was a talking point when DeBoer came in as coach. I mean, we knew he was going to be more of an offensive-minded guy, and that's what we wanted. We were coming up Pete DeBoer, not Pete DeBoer, bonus, who plays lockdown hockey and is still playing lockdown hockey for the Jets, and it's working. And we, we wanted not that. We wanted to use our forward depth that we knew we had, and we wanted to go score goals. Um. And we've seen DeBoer teams shoot a lot. They score a lot and they can kind of be leaky on defense at times. And maybe this is just the progression year after year. We get away from bonus. The defense gets worse and worse. The offense gets better and better. And maybe this is just the way we play now. And we kind of got to accept it. Nah, <laughs> no. Okay. No, yeah. I, I, I really, I really think that it is still there on this team because they have nights where the team, the other team only gets 20 shots. I mean, we've seen that multiple times before they, the other team comes in, gets 20 shots. It, there was one Canucks game that 
the Canucks got 20 shots and had four goals. At some point, you you can't blame the defense anymore, and it's not the defense's fault, and you need to get a save or two from your goaltender. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree with you. I'll I'll kind of wrap up this this segment here. I think a lot of it is goaltending. I'll say 65% is on goaltending for how poor our our goals against number is. Um, But there's not much we can do about it. I just got to play better. We know that. Otter knows that. But defense, I feel like there's more we can do. A, a big trade, I think, is massive. Not even just for the defense. I think a big trade for a, pu- a confident puck-moving defenseman in your own zone is big for offense even, too, just to get moving when and can unlock maybe that uh, that Jamie Ben pavelski line even a little bit more whenever they don't have to try and get their outlet passes from Lindell and Hockenbaugh. I, I think that would help them out a lot. So uh, uh, really... I'm looking for a, a big trade there. You got to find a way to make something like that happen. That's a GM of the year move. I and mean, that's what we got. We got a GM of the year. So that's what we should expect. GM of the year stuff. Give it to me, Neil. Um, and yeah, we just got to trust that Otter's going to be better. And I think he will. Okay. Uh, l- let's get into, this is my biggest frustration of the year, you guys. And it, we, we've been talking, I've been talking about it specifically for a long time. The, at the beginning of this season, this team had a lot of expectations on them. And they had a lot of expectations, not from us, but from just the national media in general, too. There are lots of people at the beginning of the season that were picking the Stars to either make the Stanley Cup final or win the whole dang thing. To win the Stanley Cup. They really were. And it's the first time in a long time that that's kind of been it's said been favorite, about the Dallas yeah. Stars. It's been a while. But the thing we've been talking about a lot is the fact that this team, and like you said, Chris, we're second in the division right now, third when if you look at points percentage. We're top five in the NHL when it comes to points and looking at our uh, looking at our record. But there's been so many things that we have been so frustrated about because we feel like this team is stuck in their third gear or their fourth gear. And they're driving a six-speed car. Like, Jim Nil has full control of this car. He's built it up to where it's a six-speed, maybe even a seven-speed. And we have still not seen them play their best hockey. So, I mean, is that something that we should be concerned about moving forward? Or maybe the the line, the new line combos that we have. We have a, a new first line with Wyatt Johnson up there. We're finally starting to see Miro and Thomas Harley play together. Is that going to finally maybe get that gear going where that engine can really start moving? And then maybe we be viewed as like a true, you know, juggernaut and like not just like a, just a good playoff contender. Yeah. The problem is this team hasn't gone on a win streak, really. I mean, we've consistently picked up points, but like we're on a three game win streak right now. That's kind of, it's kind of as long as it's gotten. And we haven't gotten into a good rhythm like that. We're consistently picking up points, but they're, it's not win after win after win after win like Edmonton is getting. The way Edmonton's playing in these win streaks is like they're the best team ever. And the Stars haven't been on a run like that. They're finding a way to, to get points, finding ways to win games, but I agree they're not doing it to the best of their ability. My problem is I, I think you can change the forward lines as much as you want, but that's not the problem. We're scoring goals. We're scoring a heck of a lot of goals. We're scoring more goals than we've scored since 2016. But, but see, they're they're doing it even better than they were. The offense is figuring it out. They're de- like Wyatt Johnson was not doing very well, 
and he was kind of sputtering. And it, you, you, we saw that he was getting all these chances, especially James. James was talking about it, and it was like constantly just yeah. missing the missing the net or whatever. You throw him with two skill guys like Hints and Robo, and all of a sudden he's able to score a point a game. So the, yeah. I mean, we can get better at our strength, and that's kind of it's kind of like the Edmonton way to do it is like, well, let's just make our strength so strong that it doesn't matter how weak our goaltending is. But <laughs> as you've seen, when since Edmonton got good, all they needed was a little bit of help on their weakness. Get a little bit of goaltending, and look where they are. So get a little bit more help on that back end. Get a little bit of goaltending. We have the goalie. This is the goalie. Get a little bit of help on the on the defensive end. Pick up a blue liner. I mean, get one of our depth guys out. Put Stankovin in with the trade. Get a blue liner in here. It looks so different, I feel like. Just a little bit of help on your weaknesses, I feel like, can be a bigger difference than getting even better at your strength would be. I mean, you can only get so much better at offense. Uh, yeah. Just fun stat. Out of the last five games we've played, we've scored five or more goals in four of them. That's crazy. <laughs> and that is a that is a normal thing for this Stars team this That's year. That's a lot we, of hockey scoring, goals. We are scoring... Four or five goals almost every single we night. We average over four goals a game. That is our average. That's and we're average. Yeah, and we're giving up more like more than three goals a game now too. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um, just because this is sort of kind of on the topic, but it makes me mad for real. Motto, not a peep, and Colorado gets all the love being one point ahead of us. Like seriously. Okay, so like I understand that like Colorado has all you these got Nathan superstars and Kyle McCarr. Okay, Those guys have... kind of cool. I mean, okay, they have one line that plays thirty minutes and like no joke plays thirty minutes a night. When you take yeah. uh, McKinnon, Rantanen, whoever plays with them, yeah. uh, McCarr and Devontae's huh. like those guys play like twenty-two plus minutes, and everyone else plays like fifteen or less. Yeah, and and it hacks me off. Considering that the stars have a way deeper team, their third line is way better than our third line. Our third line is be way better than their third line. It's not even close. And it's just their fourth line is our fourth line from last year. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like, what is it? Olafson, Kiviranta, and uh, whoever wow. else that goes with them. Yeah. Else they Riley Tufty. Riley Tufty, if he gets called up, I guess. Yeah. But, but they, they have one line. One really good D pair, and they're still beating us in the standings. So, just I'm just should throw that out there. So, I agree. When we get to the playoffs, I feel like playing that line 30 minutes a night is not going to really be sustainable over a seven game series, but it's working for them right now, and they're fun to watch. And yeah, beating so, us. <laughs> yeah, but right now they are. They absolutely are. So, okay. Um, anything else y'all wanted to talk about just about where they are? Because there's there's one more thing I want to do before we start doing our who cares segment. No, but I think I wrapped mine up pretty good. I want to I want to see a defenseman come in, and I would even be fine. I kind of mentioned this in passing. You can give up a depth guy. I love our fourth line. I think our fourth line is great. I think Delhi's great. Those four guys at the bottom of our lineup, I think fit perfectly. But if you're gonna move one of them to get a really solid blue line. If you get a Tanev and all you got to do is get rid of one of them and a first round pick and you don't even have to give up your big three prospects. 
you absolutely have to do it because then you could bring up Bork or Stankovin and they can slot right in, I feel like. And yeah, it might shake up your fourth line a little bit in the even in a bad way. And I think it's a risk you you are willing to take because of how impactful I think one more confident D guy would be on this team. So I, I'm calling to not be afraid to mess with what's working and to insert a good defenseman despite the cost it might take. That that's kind of the crazy thing for me too, is like we have shaken up this team a lot this year we have tried lots of different things and it feels like most of them have been working i mean the first line is new now pavelski's off the first line johnson slotted in there uh the fourth line is completely different the top pair is completely different top pair is completely different everything is everyone has moved like someone has gotten somewhere else in the in the lineup since last year this time it is it is a different team. It, it they play the same, they play hard, they score a lot more goals this year, but it, it is it is mostly a different look for this team. Yeah. I just don't want them to be afraid to to mess it up because there's obviously a step that needs to be taken. All right. Um la- last thing I want to get into, and then we'll get into who cares segment. And it's early to do this, but uh, we we need to look forward to the off season because there's a lot of questions that need to be asked about, you know, what we do because it, it, especially on the offensive side, it is a is going to be a very, very very hard decision uh, for Jim Nell coming up here in the off season. So when when you take a look at Cap Friendly, CapFriendly.com, y- you take a look at the unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents that this team has. So Going forward, obviously, Joe Pavelski is in a UFA, as is Matt Duchesne and Craig Smith. Then you've got RFAs in Delandria and Sam Steele on the forward side. For for D-Men, Hawkenpaw is a unrestricted free agent. Okay. And then we also need to re-sign uh, Thomas Harley and Nils Lundqvist. They're restricted free agents. So, I mean, moving forward... And also Scott Wedgwood is is due for a deal as well. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, there are so many stinking questions to be asked about that. Because, I mean, the obvious thing you could look at was, is to say, let Pavelski walk. Which really, really sucks. <laughs> and, then, and then you've also got Matt Duchesne as well, who has been absolutely pivotal for this team this year. And the the reason why though it's may look like both of those guys may leave is because you've got two guys, Chris, that you just mentioned, and Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork, who are calling for top nine minute roles. I mean, they are number they literally number number six, one. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying top nine because just Wyatt Johnson was top nine, but like they they're literally one and two in AHL scoring right now. No, the same line. one and two, one and two. <laughs> So they you need you need to give them roles in the NHL. And then that saves you cap space to be able to go out and figure out your blue line. So, like even if you go out and you get a deadline rental guy like a Chris Tanev or something like that. So what I know there there's so much you could look at that real quick, but what's just like something that really, really sticks out to you? 
out of all of those free agents moving forward going into the offseason? Kind of the weird one is Joe Pavelski because I'm sure he hasn't resigned because he, he doesn't know what he's going to do. I mean, if he wins a cup, he's going to retire. That's obvious. Uh, that, we don't yeah. know if is he going to retire anyway this year. We don't know. Joe Pavelski probably doesn't know that either. He, he's, he's probably just playing hockey. He's going to see what happens when it happens. Um, but I feel like you have to try and re-sign one of Duchesne or, or Pavelski. That's three and four in point totals on your team. Obviously, Duchesne's going to be a lot more expensive than Pavelski would be. Pavelski would probably be around $3 million a year on top of the cap hits that's going to hit next season due to his bonuses from this season with his 10 20 and 30 game played bonuses so i feel like you try and resign one of those two you resign pretty much all rfas maybe not lundquist that makes me so sad um and i think when hawkenpaw is gone i you either sign a depth defenseman because i feel like most bottom pair guys could replace Hockenpah in the NHL, or maybe it's time for Bixel to come up and you bring up Bork, Stingovan, and Bixel all in the same year, and that could be huge. So I'm honestly not super upset with where we're at looking at the offseason. It'll just be interesting to see what happens this year because that'll determine what happens with Pavelski. We'll see if Duchesne actually likes Texas, if he likes it enough to take a $3 million pay cut, which I doubt he likes us that much. And it'll, it'll be to see how cheap we can get our RFAs to resign as well. Yeah. I think a lot of it hinges on postseason results. I feel yeah. like pretty much all of it is going, it's going to come down to how we do in the postseason. Agreed. So just some thoughts from the comment section over here. Uh, pray to God that Pavs takes a discount if we don't win a cup. I think he really does, and he's and he's already done that. He's done that twice now. He his original cap hit was what seven million for three years, and they went down to five point five, and now he's down to three point five. Now I know there's bonuses in that, obviously, but I mean he's on a third line role now, and if that sticks, obviously that the asking price for him is probably going to go down there as well, but the thing is, is not necessarily the money. It's, it's who do you want for a roster spot? Do you want Logan Sangovern or do you want Joe Pavelski? And that is really not hard a question. Because... You, no, you want Joe Pavelski. He has 43 points in the NHL so far this year. He's number four on our team and he's 39 years old. You want Joe Pavelski because Logan Sangovin's going to be there. If the Joe Pavelski breaks, then you put in Logan Sangovin. <laughs> if it's not a money thing, which is the dumbest thing I think you've ever said on this podcast, Ryan, it's hundred percent a money thing. Then obviously you resign both of those guys, but you're not going to be able to, I think you're going to be lucky if you can resign one of them. And Pavelski might not even be playing hockey next year. We don't know. Pavelski doesn't know. We'll find out. I as well hope Mato that they, uh, they resign Dutchie. He's just going to be so expensive. I feel like I feel like he easily gets 7 million next year. I don't know right, about right that. Right now he does. Or maybe right now, but I don't know. I, I see you're more also, 5, cap, 6. Cap's going up you're, again. And you're talking about uh, free agency. I mean, people pay okay, a lot true. for players in free agency. I mean, and it's a no, guy who drugged two players out of bad years last year. I mean, that's definitely something to consider, too. He brought Sagan and Marchman, and is they are both having career years right now. Because of 
of uh, Duchesne being on their line. So uh, I really think he's going for at least seven and could go to nine, nine and a half. It, it, it really depends on the team he's going to. I mean, I could see him going to a Arizona Coyotes team and, and getting paid pretty well there to play top-line minutes. I th- honestly think, guys, that the most important thing to him is location because he was in Nashville, and he really enjoyed being there. The, he said the atmosphere and the culture there, what he really enjoyed. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he came to Texas. I mean, let's be honest. Texas and Tennessee have very similar have very similar feels. Uh, the people are very similar, and and stuff like that. So, I think he he might be willing to take a hometown discount in order to be able to to stay with the Dallas Stars. Now, it just really depends on, again, the roster spot and uh, how much it's going to cost. So I hope so. And another thing that kind of helps that argument is that other players already have. I mean, Ropa Hints could be making a lot more money probably. I think Jason Robertson, if he wasn't on an RFA deal, would for sure be making a lot more money. Uh, Pavelski obviously is taking a, a pay cut. So it, there's already kind of that uh, that status quo set by this team that we're, we're leaving room so that we can make a good hockey team. So I, I hope so, but I'm not going to count on someone giving up millions and millions of dollars. Cause I don't know if I would be able to do that, you know? Now the, the one last thing I want to discuss is uh, the Thomas Harley extension. Uh, he's, he's going to get paid, especially if he continues this upward trajectory that he's got. I mean, he is, that he was playing a number one defenseman role and he's making less than a million dollars right now. He's yeah, still yeah. on his entry level deal. So your, your RFA status and the fact that he's only had one full NHL season is going to help you a lot there, but yeah, he's going to get paid a good bit more. I'd say he's probably around three. I was thinking three million. Yeah. He's an <laughs> RFA. Y'all remember what we were saying about Jason Robertson? We're saying nine. He signed for seven. So yeah, well, we gave everything we could to. <laughs> it's like seven point eight five, whatever. I, I honestly think that's a low ball, guys. I really do. Because he's okay, an RFA, he has no negotiating rights. Okay, well, we saw the same thing with a guy named Jake Sanderson up in Ottawa, and we and I looked at that and I was just like, oh, he's gonna get you know, and he was doing well. He's only had one season, like one real good season under his belt, and. Uh, he got what eight million? Yeah, right? that deal sucks. The GM of that team, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> what kind of deals have Jim has but, Jim Neal done? Some much better ones. Yeah, right. I but what I, what yeah, I'm it's, saying, it's, I'm not saying he's gonna get eight million. But what I'm saying is three point five. That that's not gonna get the deal 3. done. There's no bridge way. deal. Yeah, I will. You remember what Jason or what Rope Hints made in his bridge deal? Nichols. I think he at it's, least gets five. That's it's just going to be I'll prove you wrong later, but I, I feel like it's going to be hard for him to get that much when you look at the other players on the team. I mean, this this team, we, we do value offense, but a, a lot of our cap is tied up in Ben and Sagan right now who are not doing as good as their contracts say they should be doing. But I would it, say Sagan's it, doing at, doing well enough to, to justify no, that making contract. nine and a half million dollars, no. Ryan. Not even. Ranton is making five and a half million. He makes almost two million <laughs> more than Jason Robertson. Yeah. 
So he's doing better. Yes, he is. He is right. doing better for for what for what he should be doing. He is doing spectacular. And, and him and Ben are getting paid for what they did as well. They are not just getting paid for. I mean, he's, we have an Art Ross Trophy winner. So yeah, it, it, he, it's an old school contract, not the way that they're paying guys nowadays, which is what they are probably going to do. I guess is what you could say. Well, like Jake Sanderson. <laughs> Yeah, so. Jake Sanderson. Great, great player. Okay, sorry. Anyway, I did not mean for that to take guy. this long. On a but... great team. Great team. <laughs> Shut Love up, both of you. <laughs> y'all, are really, y'all are really making me feel bad. I, I'm, I'm just going to sulk I'm here. I'm coming after you for the money stuff. All right. Anyway. you Coming oh. after me, you already did. Pizza. We're going to talk about, I don't know how we haven't done this, but we're going to do the our top three most favoritist pizza toppings. So we didn't really discuss criteria. I guess that wasn't mentioned in the, the the Google Doc that we wrote three years ago, lining out all the Who Cares segments. So pizza toppings. Ryan, go. Before we get into this, though, if you have any other Who Cares segment options for uh, us, any suggestions, uh, 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 go to our Discord server, join the Discord, and there is a channel there that you can leave us your ideas, and we might take your idea because – our document that we made three years ago is getting really small on ideas of what we should be doing. We totally do not just discuss this right before we get live here. So we only have two years left in our who cares segment. So I agree with Ryan. We need to get that going. Pizza toppings, Ryan. Um, anyways, uh, my favorite uh, pizza topping on, I'm just going to go classic here just to get it out of the way is just straight up pepperoni. Pepperoni is the best. It's my classic. I got two other ones that I like more, but but he just said it was his favorite. Hmm? I don't understand. I don't think he knows uh, how. This works. I don't think he knows it's, how it's numbers my, work. It, it, no, it's my favorite because it is like the. And why isn't it your number one? Because my number one is from a specific place, so that that's why. Mm, but mm. but it's it, it it'll make sense here in a second. Okay, doesn't make sense, James. Number third. It My makes number third is bacon. Bacon is yummy and tasty on pizza. And if you cook it right, the bacon is still crispy and you get a little crunch while you're eating it. It's great. James does have a little bit of an expert experience here. He did work at, at the Domino's, the fine pizza establishment. Ba- so. If you throw bacon on it, it was always better. Always. <laughs> I, don't know. I wasn't a fan of the bacon. I feel like when you put bacon on it, all you can taste is bacon. What you guess isn't terrible. But just buy. What bacon. are you complaining for? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And I'm gonna get righteously grilled for uh, this upcoming pizza topping because I, I, I kind of fully agree that it's not good. But I'm gonna do it. it as your number. Three? I'm gonna. I'm gonna and, do and it anyway. I don't make any sense. Yeah, that's that's fair. Touche. Uh, <laughs> number third, <laughs> green bell peppers. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I don't know why. They just make, add a little bit of freshness, a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of crunchy crunch. I, I don't ever really do good. it on their own, but. No, uh, it's got to be with something else. Don't do yeah. bell peppers by themselves. But, that's but awful. That's, that's, why I, that's why I tell my number three, because it's like, you wouldn't ever just do bell peppers. Like, But, we're but you like it with other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bell so like. like Yes, like multiple other things. Bell pepper. Right. This is my second. Numbers. My number second. Yeah, is... This is your second favorite pizza topping. If you, we need yes. to be more clear. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, mine is kind of like yours. Like, like I wouldn't eat it by itself, like on the pizza. But it's if it's got other stuff with it, I really enjoy it. And that's jalapenos. I love jalapenos on my pizzas, Good and answer. especially with pepperoni. So Good pepperoni answer. jalapeno pizza. Oh my gosh! It is, and it, it's hard to go wrong. Like you could do it from any fine pizza establishment like Domino's or Pizza Hut or whatever. And it is always really, really good. I love pepperoni jalapeno. James, I'm going to jump you here because I agree with Ryan. Jalapeno is my number two as well. It is delicious. <laughs> you shouldn't have jumped me. It is spe- you shouldn't oh, have no, jumped me. My number second is the first time ever. A triple. A triple. <laughs> Boom. Jalapenos are... Jalapen- spectacular on pizza. Ryan's wrong. They can totally be by themselves. We need and it a works. Plaque. No, it totally, it, no, no, Ryan, it, it totally works. It you can. have not, if you have not had it by itself, it works. We it need is, a plaque. The first like- ever triple on a who cares segment. <laughs> Ooh, baby, a triple. And it's all not right. even a n- number one. It's, it's not, not even, even the number one. It's the number two. We all had it as like, our number two. And the number one would have been a triple as well. If it wasn't for, for you, Ryan, Ryan, what's your number one? <laughs> My number one is, and some people, you're you're both going to make fun of me for it, and so are a bunch of other people, but, you know, honestly, I don't care. So we had All Region Band here a couple weekends ago, and we were trying to figure out a place. Uh, shut up. You always tell you stories, so it's my turn. Yes, I went to CC's. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what I got that at won't. CC's? How did I know? You know what I got at CC's, James? What you got at CC's? What did I get at CC's? What did you, you tell you got? me. Did you get the macaroni pizza, Ryan? Oh, I like the or am I pizza, but no, it's better, way better ah, it's than that. Close. It's the buffalo chicken pizza. The cheap That's... buffalo chicken pizza from CC's is my number one. And, and Mato's like, oh, no, no. Um, that <laughs> is the That's best two different toppings, ever. by the way, Ryan. Toppings, I just wanted to point that out. I would say. Buffalo sauce and chicken are two different things. Those are two different things. Okay, fine. Buffalo. Buffalo, buffalo sauce. sauce. Wait, is that, is that buffalo right? sauce is your well, number one. Okay, he's got to choose one. Got to be on a technicality. Okay, whatever. <laughs> number one topping. I thought pizza toppings, sauce. but like, like by themselves, it's weird. You can't have buffalo sauce by itself. You can't have chicken by itself on a pizza. It's weird. But if you, you have them have both together, if you have them both together, it's and, really good. And my guy picked buffalo. Ryan's favorite pizza topping is buffalo sauce. Everyone buying buffalo sauce pizzas from now on. You're the ones complaining about James, the fact that it was two different first. things. Okay. Okay. No, my number no, first no. is a personal number first. My number first is cheese. And I'm not talking about normal cheese. I'm talking about literally adding cheese as a topping. Extra cheese pizza is my favorite thing in the entire universe. I don't know why I like it so much. But cheese as my extra topping is my favorite thing. Okay, but that that, that is like very, that, that is, that, there's so much that you could choose from when just from cheese. So you have to no. have like a specific cheese. cheese. No, you, say you, you get the extra cheese. cheese. The main cheese, you get extra cheese on top of it. And that's fair. I think so whether it's mozzarella or cheddar or whatever. It's or almost always it. mozzarella, Ryan. I don't know you what cheddar pizza place pizza? uses cheddar on their pizza. That sounds disgusting. Like an absolute maniac who would do that. There are people. There are places that. Do That's that. a very You're vanilla a choice, James. That's like like well, sorry. That is your favorite. That is, is by far history. my favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> Multiple times after after work at Domino's, I would make them make me a double cheese pizza. It was just the best thing ever. I just eat that whole thing. All right. 
I'm going to close it down with the lame and correct answer. The number one pizza topping is pepperoni. Good night. Everybody. All right. <laughs> we had such an amazing number two, and then all of our number ones are just kind of letdowns after that. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was okay, right? Buffalo sauce. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Still on that. You can't have it separate. It's weird. So so what we've learned from the Who Cares segment is that jalapenos are actually the best topping on a pizza because we all had it in our can, top Can we all three. agree oh, that it's awesome. We also learned one. that Ryan doesn't know how rankings work because it was his favorite is number three. And he doesn't know that it, when buffalo I say chicken it's my is favorite. two different toppings. When I say That's it's my really favorite, three. I can get pepperoni you could anywhere. Say three. I, I get I can get pepperoni anywhere, so that therefore so it's my favorite. And that's what I'm more eat instead of a favorite. Oh my gosh, y'all are so He's stupid. right. Oh, so stupid. Well, come back to Starcastic Marks on next Tuesday, I guess. That's in a while. See you then, everybody. <laughs>